We welcome you to the media ministries of the Gathering Church in the Countryside YMCA of Mainville. As we love the Lord and each other, we're trusting that God would use us to plant the church in every YMCA around the world. To this end, would you join us? We meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. and in community groups throughout the week. As you listen to this resource, our prayer is that your love for Jesus would grow deep and your love for others would be seen and heard. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, so the pandemic, we've been talking about it. And, uh, and we've seen that not only in our church, in our community, but um, really the whole globe is asking sincere and serious questions about God, how he works, his ways, his character, his plans. So the overarching question that we're asking is, what is God doing through COVID-19? It's a big question. Um, so let me just start with a, a little story, okay? Uh, so over Christmas time, I recently purchased my brother-in-law's uh, Honda Accord 2006, and uh, I'm loving it. Uh, so after Christmas, I went uh, on to St. Louis, uh, picked up his car, and uh, he wasn't there at the time. And so I was driving away, and I called him. I, I said three things. I said, hey, uh, just let you know, the money's on the counter. Hey, two, everything that was in the glove box, I put in a little bag, and I left it in the garage. And three, Tim, are you kidding me? This is the greatest car. I, I, I forgot what it's like to drive a car that has been aligned. It goes straight. It's amazing. I love it. Right. And Tim just laughed on the other line. I'm sure he was thinking, you know, oh, my goodness. Like, who did my sister marry? <laughs> like, this guy is crazy. But uh, it, it was incredible. I, um, it, it went straight. I didn't have to muscle it um, to keep it in the lane. And uh, as I was driving, I was just further thinking about how nice it is to drive a car that has been realigned and uh, just a couple observations like one it was like you know this this car uh, didn't get realigned by chance like someone did this on purpose they they got under the car they they put the car on on jack stands and they tightened and and used a wrench to to figure out like how the tire rods need to be positioned and tightened or loosened and that like they worked at it. They knew what they were doing. Uh, it wasn't. It didn't just happen by osmosis, or, or uh, it wasn't just an accident that that happened to put the car in realignment. Um, it was. It was done on purpose. And um, today, when we're asking the question, not doing through COVID nineteen. Really, the first hurdle that we need to wrestle with and, and, and come to grips with is embedded within the question, like, what is God doing through COVID? Is God is doing this? Like, is he in control? Like, is he, is he causing this virus or is he working in this virus? I know, Lord, that, that you've said in your scriptures that he holds all things together. We know that he is sovereign. And that, that, that all things happen with a purpose. Nothing happens that doesn't first pass before his throne. But like, is our God in this? 
or is he just some cosmic force that uh, is distant and and almost like he's gone fishing, right? Proverbs 16.33 says, The lot is cast into the lap, but every decision is from the Lord. So if you're like me, and maybe you've been moved from an attitude of, uh, oh man, this quarantine thing is, is just inconvenient, to now, kind of like what the characters say in Narnia, Aslan is, is on the move. When we're asking, what is God doing? This Sunday, and each Sunday, the answer is in part. This Sunday, what we're saying is this. And this is from John Piper's book. The coronavirus is God's thunderclap call for all of us to repent and realign our lives with the infinite worth of Christ. I'll read it one more time. The coronavirus is God's thunderclap call for all of us to repent and realign our lives with the infinite worth of Christ. So the title of the message today is called Realigning. Uh, Would you open your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 5? And I'll read it in its entirety for us. Luke chapter 13, and here's verses 1 through 5. There were some present at this very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? Verse 3, No, I tell you, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Are those 18 on on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. That uh, we need to talk about and that we need to know. Uh, First one is when Pilate, slaughtered a whole bunch of worshipers in the temple at one time. And that's the one mentioned in verse one. Uh, The second one, uh, Jesus talks about the Tower of Siloam falling and killing 18 innocent bystanders, right? One is talking about something that happened through sheer wickedness. And the other one is talking about something that seemingly happened by accident, okay? Now, just to pause for a second, If you're one of those folks who are listening to this and going, oh, man, I need to read my Bible more. I have no idea where it talks about those stories in the Bible. Surely that's somewhere random in the Old Testament. Um, Just to comfort you and encourage you, you're good, okay? Neither of those events are recorded in Scripture. We just read about them here in Luke 13. Uh, And apparently, um, Pilate, Pilate, through a historical event in history, just slaughtered a whole bunch of folks worshiping in the temple. Um, and uh, and then 18 people were, were, were killed from this tower with no details uh, included in this, in this passage. Um, and really this, this passage, Luke 13, is a great one to study in these times because it really does bring up all sorts of questions like suffering, calamity, and even judgment within these hard times. 
um, if I could just give a, a current translation uh, to what, what uh, we just read in Luke, Luke 13, it would be something like this. Um, if I get COVID-19 or experience any suffering for that matter, is it because I've personally sinned against God? Is this judgment to me personally if I get this disease? Or is this judgment to our nation? Or is this judgment to the world? Uh, another question that's current. Uh, can I get COVID-19 if I'm walking with the Lord? And if I do, and if I'm walking with the Lord, is God still good? It's deep stuff, isn't it? Well, let's get ready to dive in. Um, just with the illustration, let's let's crawl under this car and and look how the inner workings of God is is happening. So let's uh, let's see how Jesus handles these difficult uh, questions and, and conversation. Big message that I want us to hear this morning from this text. Uh, let's read it slowly together. So we're put your finger back on verse one. Here we go. So there were some present at the time. So nurse one is not talking about uh, Jesus's disciples. Is there, there are other people, okay, who told him? Do you see that in your scriptures? Who told him? So they weren't asking with sincere hearts, yearning and desiring to like know the the deep truths of God. They're more so spouting off a, a historical event and testing. Who told him, right? This reveals their the condition of their hearts. That it's almost like they're saying, hey, why were they slaughtered? Like, what did they do? Did they have enough faith? Was it their sin? Like, why did that happen? Let your finger go back on the text. It says, about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And verse 2 says, and he answered them. So this is Jesus answering them. Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? So let's just pause and think about Jesus' response for a moment. So he connects the dots for them in such a way that they know the real question that they're actually talking about, okay? Jesus links the kind of, of death that the Galileans experienced to the amount of sin. Did you get that? The kind of death to the amount of sin. That's, that's what they are asking. That's the issue here. Did they bring it on? Did they make their own bed and now they're sleeping in it? Right? Like, was this deserved is the question. Because they're asking that because if it works in that way, it also can work the other way. Meaning, if I live an upright life, then can I escape suffering and earn my way to God? <laughs> Doesn't that sound, sound good? Doesn't that sound like a nice plan, a warm and fuzzy path? And just to take a side note for a moment, brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, we need to be aware that most religions in the world function in this manner, in this thought, in this belief or worldview. That's how it works.
according to other religions. This is a thought process of checks and balances and strategies and beliefs that can manipulate a higher being to do and act how you want. So Jesus, knowing the condition of their hearts and what they were thinking, addresses this real issue in verse 3. Ready? Join me there. No, I tell you. Unless you repent, all likewise perish. Okay, so, hey, Jesus, why'd those people die? Why was it, you know, whose fault was it? Was it because of their sin? He actually doesn't answer their specific question. What does Jesus do? Here's the big message that I want you to receive from this morning, okay? That he, uh, in a moment, he displays the truth that God uses calamities as a foreshadowing of final judgment. I'll say it again. He takes the tower situation. He takes, he takes when uh, Pilate slaughtered folks in the temple, and he says that God uses those to foreshadow, to, to, to share with the people that a final and ultimate judgment is coming. I love the clarity of Jesus. Final judgment is coming, my friends, right? In his mercy, Jesus shares this and reminds us that coming judgment is near. There's a narrow path that is provided that avoids perishing. And it is the one that repents of their sin and trusts in Jesus Christ. So with all the questions that are surfacing from this text, Today, here's four statements that uh, we all need to know and consider deeply so that we're equipped to walk with God and to share about who he is with others. So when hard times hit, really people are asking these serious and difficult questions. And so here's four responses for us, okay? If you're taking notes, here's statement one. Uh, just because you are experiencing suffering and tri trials, uh, just because you're experiencing COVID-19 or whatever, you fill in the blank, does not necessarily mean that you're personally being judged because of your sin. So let's think about Daniel for a second, okay? Daniel and his friends were in Babylon in exile, and it, it is recorded that him and his three other friends were righteous. Like they walked with God, yet they were affected by the judgment of God. They experienced the judgment of God living in Babylon, even though they didn't personally sin and they weren't personally being punished. So much of the suffering and hardship is a result of sin, broadly. You've heard it said, we live in a fallen world. And this is true. So anytime suffering happens, whether there's like a shooting or someone breaks their arm or whatever, really our hearts should mourn and lament and, and our hearts should break and just cry out and say, that's not right. This is why Jesus, when he went to the tomb of Lazarus, that he just wept. It's the shortest verse in the Bible, John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept because things weren't right. The world, the earth is broken. That's why he came for the first time. 
He said in that, in, in that story that I am the resurrection and the life and whoever believes in me won't die. I love the, the words of Andrew Peterson's song, um, Is He Worthy? Uh, he just captures that, that feeling about how normative humanity feels about suffering and what is going on on this earth. He says, do you feel the world is broken? And the response is, we do. Do you feel the shadows deepen? We do. Hey, but do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? We do. Do you wish that you could see it all made new? And the answer is we do. That's the first statement. Here's the second statement. Sometimes, sometimes we suffer because of our sin. Sometimes suffering happens because we have sinned. So sometimes it's really clear that suffering is happening because of sin. Okay, I hear that. Sometimes really clear. Like the person who's suffering from a, a, a failing liver uh, as a result of a whole life pattern of choosing hard liquor and a life of drunkenness, right? It's pretty clear. Or a person who chooses a pattern in the life of infidelity, who's struggling now with diseases from it. Uh, those are pretty clear when you can point, uh, pinpoint or link uh, sin to suffering. But sometimes, friends, it's not always so clear. Sometimes it's hard to know the origin of your suffering or the reason for it, right? Like, for example, why did I break my arm? Is it because of Satan? Is it be, or yeah, maybe it's just because I slipped and fell, right? Uh, is there some sin in my life that God is trying to get my attention? It's really hard to know. And I think uh, where we as the church can get a little off is that sometimes we can give quick answers to our suffering. We can either dismiss all the options or we can approach the suffering exclusively from one angle, like, oh, you broke your arm because you swore at your kids, i.e. you're suffering because of a specific sin and God is punishing you. Or something like, oh, you're sick? Well, you must have a That is the answer. And so because uh, God has, has put me in your life as your pastor, really my aim is to equip you for the work of ministry. Friends, you will face questions like this. And so I just want to put an image in your head and talk about how you might respond. So this is a real, a real image. Here we go. So let's just say you're next to a friend or a loved one and they're on their deathbed and they ask you, hey, I got COVID-19. Did I do something wrong? Is God punishing me? It'd be easy to dismiss the question and just go, oh, oh, no way. No. That would be the easiest thing to do. It would probably not be the most loving thing to do. It'd be wrong to give a quick answer and say, oh, probably. It's probably because of some specific sin, right? Um, but what, what we are training um, future leaders and we want to equip the saints for the work of ministry, we want you to say something like this, spirit-filled, very prayerful, give a response like, hey, I don't know. 
but it, it seems like now would be a, a good opportunity to let your life be examined to see if you do need to repent of any sin. I don't know. Let's, let's pray together and ask the Lord. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn over to 1 Corinthians 11, 27 through 30. This is a great passage on Paul's instruction to the church on how to take communion. I'll read it for us. And uh, wait for verse 30. It's a, it's a punch in the gut. Here we go. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the blood and body of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then. And so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. And here we go. Here's verse 30. That is why many of you are weak and ill and some have died. So that's not necessarily the most popular verse to share at communion time. But nonetheless, it's still there. Some have suddenly died because they're... We're doing okay? Just saw a little glitch in the, in the line. Okay. Someone uh, just let me know. Um, I'll continue. Here's statement three. Um, this is uh, not having to do with the text, but just we, we just need to know it and be reminded of it, that uh, we suffer because of our persecution. We suffer because of persecution. Um, for, uh, 2 Timothy 3.12 says, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's a truth from Jesus. So suffering happens because of persecution. All right, and here's statement four. This will be our last one. God gives suffering so that a strong Jesus would be seen in your weakness. I'll read it again because an airplane is flying over our heads right now. Here we go. God gives suffering so that a strong Jesus would be seen in your weakness. Philippians 1.29 tells us that God not only gives us faith, but he also grants us or gives us the gift of suffering. I know. Isn't that crazy? For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. And the Apostle Paul, godly man. He suffered greatly. And in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, he talks about how he had a thorn in his flesh. He suffered from something and he prayed that God would take it away. But the reason why God granted him the thorn was to show him that his grace was sufficient for him. And that his power was made perfect in his weakness. And the result of the thorn, the result of suffering in Paul's life was, was that he could boast more gladly in the Lord and in the power of Christ that is at work within him. Isn't that beautiful? It's deep and hard truths, but that is the work of God. So, hey, if we're saying anything today, we're saying this, okay? Catch this. Everyone is under the effects of COVID-19. There's not one person in our body 
or across the globe that is not feeling its effects right now. And within the scope of how God uses suffering, so whether you are experiencing it like Daniel, where you're walking with God as a righteous man or woman, and, and you're experiencing its effects, or whether you are being purified from this, or whether you are, like a few weeks ago we talked about, whether you are, are being awakened to the things of God because you are living your life marked by dependence, or maybe you're experiencing suffering because of your sin, any of those, okay? Any of those, what God is doing is this that he is realigning your love for him by taking away the idols of your heart and he's causing you to be more wholly devoted to him. Amen. He's realigning your heart so that you'll be ready for final judgment. So don't wait. Don't wait till you're on your deathbed to be like, you know what? I need to get right with God or I need to this or that or be more to the time is now friends. Like right now, we are praying that all of our hearts would just cry out, Lord, whatever it takes, I want to be at such a place where I can pray, Lord, I count all things as rubbish and I compare all things just as trash compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing your son, Jesus. I want to know you more. When I got in that Honda Accord 2006, I loved it. I loved that it was it was driving straight. I loved it that someone had realigned its wheels for me. It was a beautiful experience. I'm sure it didn't come easy. I'm sure it came with a lot of sweat and dirt and grease. Realignment is a tough but beautiful process. In just all gentleness and sincerity, friends, do you need some alignment? The process of being put on the jack stands and being tightened and stretched and loosened here. It's not always fun, but in the end, you'll live in such a way that you can fulfill your intended purpose from the Lord. To love him by knowing him and enjoying him forever. So here's just a couple uh, questions for the family uh, on a walk this afternoon or around the lunch table, okay? Um, here's a thorn question, and it relates to your past. Here we go. Uh, how has God used a thorn or some form of suffering in your life in the past? How has he used it? How has he been glorified? How, has he, how have you been made pure through it? And this is a, a, a wonderful thing for parents to share with their kids, for others in the church to share with each other. It creates this, this culture of authenticity, of by remembering what he's done. Uh, but it's not always easy to share your weaknesses, um, your sin or your suffering. It's not easy. But what you're doing is you're saying, you know what? I'm not whole. Jesus is the only one that is whole. And whole. I got weaknesses. I'm not the Christ. He is. So the first question is about a thorn in your past that you could share with your family, okay? Here's the next question. This is one in the present, right now, okay? How is God using this time to realign some things in your life? 
How is he using it? This one is taken. You got to take some deep soul searching time. Okay. Journal this week, read, meditate, pray, go on walks by yourself. Ask the Lord, how are you using this time? Here's a great verse to consider. Okay. Hebrews 12, one and two says that you are to throw off in the race of God, throw off everything that hinders you and the sin that entangles you. Okay. Did you catch that? It's throw off everything that hinders you and also sin, meaning, hey, when you're walking with God, he's calling you not only to throw off sin, but sometimes you got to throw off things that aren't sin, that just keep you from running the race faster. That's what it means to realign. Repent of the sin, but also realign. Let your life be examined so that you can run the race with endurance. The race that has been set before you. So, hey, we can learn a lot through COVID-19. These times have been awesome. God uses these present difficulties and calamities as a foreshadowing for the final judgment. Don't let this time pass. We can learn a lot. We need to be right with God. And this happens through faith in Jesus Christ through his death and resurrection. Um, listen to the words of Jesus in this passage really carefully, friends. He says, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. We can learn that we need to be right with God. We can learn that we need to be ready for the final judgment by living for him. We love you. Make your requests and your, and your needs made known to God this week, and also come to us, come to your group, uh, come to your community group leaders, elders, so that we know you, we can pray for you, and we can care for you in these difficult times. We'll see you soon.